after 14 years of living here, I still have the hardest time figuring it out. I've never seen anything like it. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Carmen, and I'm a certified breastfeeding counselor. And I'm Ruth Green, an international birth doula. And this is the Having a Baby in China podcast. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. The views expressed here are the personal opinions of individuals and do not necessarily reflect any official stance or recommendation by having a baby in China. Hey, Jacqueline. Hey, Ruth. Good to see you. I mean, I did just see you in person, but here we are <laughs> virtually again. It was like, what, 30 hours ago? Got home safely last night. Super smooth train trip and... So, so cold. Oh my goodness. I mean, the train was fine, but the train station was freezing. And then we subwayed home and it was like, they said it was negative 13 Celsius, which I don't even know what it is in Fahrenheit anymore. But the feels like was like negative 17 Celsius, which is, I believe, zero Fahrenheit. That's what the feels like. I don't know how accurate those things are, but it definitely felt like that. But I'm also super excited because this was a total last minute change, but we have... Shelly Cotton here with us. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so Shelly and I have this tradition of like crashing each other's events. That's <laughs> so right. We had met one time and then she was having a birthday party at an Indian restaurant and I love Indian food. So I was like, can I come? And she's like, sure. Absolutely. I the more the merrier. <laughs> Is great. So Shelly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'd love to. Yeah. My family of six and I have lived in China for about nine years now. We have had four pregnancies in China, two of which became to live births, but we decided never to birth in China because we are, our deliveries are so quick and we lived far away from hospitals. So we, we assumed we would have babies in taxis, which <laughs> proved to be true upon <laughs> delivery. We were an hour and under each time. From start to finish. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, wow. so it, anyway, it was, it was a smart choice. We had a better community to surround us there as well. So yeah. where did you end up delivering? Our first birth that was a pregnancy in China and a birth in America, we birthed in Nashville, Tennessee, okay. just around the corner from my parents' home. And then the second one, we decided to do our birth in Georgia. So we drove a couple hours for our doctor's checkups and for the delivery date. Mm. And that was really because of birth certificate issues. So mm. we needed to get back to China quickly and we could do it mm. within, we could have the birth certificate within 24 hours, but it takes 31 days in Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. And then where in China have you lived? It's we started in Shanghai for five years. We did language school there, and then we also taught at a school. Then we moved inland into Dali in Yunnan province and lived there for only about six months. We set up shop, did everything, and then, you know, COVID, everything happened. And we ended up connecting with the school, uh, the international school here in Tianjin. So you were in Dali and yes. COVID happened and then... And then we and got then, locked out. Yeah, yeah, we got locked out. And so we were only there for six months total. We had everything set there, went on vacation and never went back. So that was the end of that time. But we are so glad to be in Tianjin. We've got a great community here and we love love our school that we work at and our kids are really thriving. So it's a very good change for us. But, great. And now I've gotten to meet you and Jacqueline and <laughs> there you go. Well, another night we're going to have to have you on because I can think off the top of my head so many different topics that we could chat about sure. uh, and interview properly about. <laughs> but tonight we just wanted to do like a really short, happy Chinese New Year. So people from the U.S. always ask me like, what day is Chinese New Year? And after 14 years of living here, I still have the hardest time figuring it out because it's really like this really long 
celebration, right? So what day are there going to be fireworks? I don't know. And then it's on the lunar calendar too, right? So it's different every single year. So New Year's Eve was Saturday night. And then New Year's Day was Sunday, which they call day one or Chu'i. And then the big celebration days are Chu'i. So the first day, Chu'san, which is the third day, and then Chu'wu, which is the fifth day. So we're on day four. But really, I don't even know because there's been fireworks every single night. I mean, the biggest fireworks were New Year's Eve. And actually, Jacqueline, you and I sat together and like watched them outside of your... Yeah. In my bedroom, I've got this nice bay window and we sat in there and we could see across the city and all these fireworks. It brought me back to 16 years ago in, in Beijing. You know, fireworks have been illegal for several years for safety and pollution and... Mm-hmm. But I think restrictions have been lightened up to kind of celebrate moving on from COVID restrictions. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely impressive here. And I, I've never seen anything like it. This was my first time in China to really see some impressive fireworks like yeah. that. So <laughs> it was really impressive. Yeah, it was. Okay, so what are three traditions that people should know about? So I think we're going to go around and each of us will give one thing specifically if it has to do with kids, I think. So Jacqueline, what would be the first tradition that like comes to mind when you think of Chinese New Year? Well, like what we were just talking about is fireworks. I mean, that's a huge tradition. It has been in the past, you know, going out, buying fireworks and lighting them off. And, you know, I get stems from scaring away the evil spirits so that, you know, we can bring in the new year. Mm. That's a big one. But I think... Relating to children, one would be giving of the hongbao, which means the red envelope. Mm -hmm. And so the parents, grandparents would get red envelopes and put money in it Mm -hmm. and then give it to the children. Mm. And boy, their eyes light up like, oh, like a Christmas tree. Oh, it is so exciting. (laughs) And they, they they know it's coming. It's so sweet. So speaking of getting rid of those evil spirits and starting on a fresh page... Shelly, you mentioned one earlier. What are some things that you're supposed to do before the holiday? Right. I love I love watching the build up to this time of year. Working in a school, we see children building up to this season. And so they start with haircuts. Everybody gets a haircut and usually it's shorter. <laughs> There's fireworks. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> The hair's shorter and there's, you know, it's, they're, they're so proud of their haircuts and they also buy these red outfits. Red's the color, you know, they buy these red outfits and they're Mm -hmm. fuzzy and they're, they usually, there's some sort of vest or, or traditional old style dress that little kids will wear to remember the times that have gone by or their ancestors and what they used to wear. And it's just a really sweet time. They sell these clothes and like Sam's club. It's, it's so cute. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's really fun to see the kids get dressed up, get haircuts. It's really sweet. You know, that reminds me, a couple of years ago, we had the privilege of being invited to a village outside of Qingdao. And it was this old, I don't know how to explain it, because it wasn't like really old. I think it had been rebuilt, but it was a small, like 1,000 person village, and it had a wall around it. And then each person had a courtyard house, so a suhoyuan. So you go through like a fence, and then inside of that, there's a courtyard and then kind of a L or U-shaped building that is the house. 
And so anyways, all that to say, Minnie had never seen foreigners before. And so it was really exciting when we showed up. And there were these little girls that came and they actually kind of snuck in through the, the gate. They weren't supposed to come in. And they came in and they were like, can we see? We heard there was a boy with yellow hair. Can we see the boy with yellow hair? And my son wasn't feeling good and he was sleeping in one of the rooms. I said, no, you can't. But my daughter and I decided to go on a little walk around the village. And this little girl looks at my daughter's shoes and she looks at me and she says, why doesn't she have new shoes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I like it wouldn't have even like occurred to me, but they really do. They like refresh everything. You have to get new clothes, new shoes, new haircuts, everything right at the holiday. So that was just kind of a funny thing because to me, I was like, well, her shoes are fine, you know, but they definitely were not new. <laughs> so the funny tradition that I want to share is that they often put money into the dumplings. And so dumplings here are called jiaozi, and there's many different forms of them and many different flavors. But they will hide money inside the jiaozas. And I guess that's to entice the kids to actually eat their dinner. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> we were just at our Chinese friend's house the other day and they did that. But you really should be aware of it because I think you could break a tooth like or choke or swallow the money. But it's really fun. It's exciting. My son, who's three, got so excited about finding out there was money in the jowza. And so he comes and he just likes to take like a bite of each one and then put it down. And my husband was like, no, no. But then, uh, of course, our Chinese friend was like, that's okay, that's okay. And so then she would eat and finish each of the jowza that he took a bite out of. <laughs> he was just taking a bite to look for the money. Uh, Some people are lucky and maybe they would end up with like the hundred kwai. Do they put money, like foldable money in there? No, <laughs> no it's only coins. Yeah. So they're like one mao, five mao or one kwai, which is, I don't know about other currencies, but in USD, that's like one kwai would be six and a half. No, the other way around. <laughs> There's six and a half kwai and one dollar. So it's like 15 cents. Yeah. One kwai would be 15 cents and then one mao would be a tenth of that. It's not very much money, but I guess it's still fun to little kids. And as kids, you know, it's fun to like the the coins, just that's so much more. They want the coins because they can like accumulate and they're heavier and yeah, they touch them. More substantial. Um, We mentioned the Hongbao. How much is normal in a Hongbao? Okay, I have no idea. But my mother-in-law just sent me a message the other day. So she likes to participate in our traditions over here. And so she'll send us money via PayPal or whatever, right? And then she'll tell us to prepare, whether it be an Easter basket or a Hongbao or whatever the tradition is around the year. And so she sends me this message and she's like, I'm so sorry. I was watching this news thing and it turns out I was supposed to give you $8 per child for the Hongbaos. And it's supposed to be in sets of $2 each because eight is the number of completion. And then like two is lucky. And she's like, I'll send you more money. I have never heard of this tradition <laughs> and we don't give dollars. So I don't even know like how that would like translate into like RMB here. So anyways, I don't actually know. And of course, it's going to depend on the family status. And yeah, yeah, and sure. I do know that the lucky numbers, you know, the luckiest number is eight. So 800, 8,000. And then second luckiest, I believe, is either six or nine. Because the number eight is an infinity shape, right? It can go around and around. There is no end. And then, yeah, six and nine are very important. But you would never give the number four. So you would never give 40, 400, 4,000, of course. Because the sound for four sounds like the sound for death. And so don't ever give four of anything or any version of four. Noted. Gotcha. Yep. 
I know that there's a lot more traditions. And so if you are listening and you have ones that you want to share, please go to the comments and share things that we didn't cover. Thanks, Jacqueline. Thanks, Shelly, for being here today. Yeah. Bye. This is not for the episode, but (laughs) a little cultural (laughs) bloop of mine. Oh oh, no. I went to a wedding and I like I didn't know. Like I knew you were supposed to give money and you're supposed to put it in an envelope. But in America we have white envelopes. So I just got like a white envelope and I put money in it. Oh no. And like white means death. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give white flowers. Mm -mm. I've heard. Yeah. Mm -mm. Man, culture is so interesting, Mm -hmm. huh? Don't ever give a clock or a calendar because it's like you're counting down the days towards their death. Yeah, my Chinese students told me that like a couple days after Father's Day when I'd given my husband a clock. They were like, you did what? (laughs) (laughs) Did I stop? I stopped. I forgot to stop recording.